the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. on AM860, The Answer, from Tampa Bay, Florida. Oh boy, we got a big day today, Ken. This is Super Bowl week, Super Bowl day, and Dr. Bill's going to the game. He's got his outfit, and by the way, folks, I'm wearing my my tri-corner hat this morning because I'm looking really cool. I got a custom-made jacket and some britches that go along with the outfit, boots, and a wig, and an earring, and an eye patch. Oh boy, I'm going to be a hot dog out there, I'm telling you. Hey, guess what? We get to go out early because uh, Miley Cyrus is putting on a concert for all of the healthcare workers for free, and I think they're going to have food and drink. Not bad, huh? And then we get to go in and watch the Super Bowl and watch Tom Brady take that young boy, what's his name, Mahomes, apart. Now, by the way, I saw um, a cartoon with Tom Brady and his son on his shoulders on Take Your Son to Work Day. Only the head was Mahomes. I loved it. It was too cute. You guys would have liked that. So let's get the virus thing out of the way. I'm getting more and more nonsense from patients. I'm hearing all kinds of rumors. And one of my patients yesterday said uh, he was told by a technician at the hospital that if you've had the H1N1 flu, that you're immune. I said, what are you talking about? That's influenza. He said, I thought that was a coronavirus. I said, no, that's H1N1 is, is the, uh, one of the influenza A viruses that went around a few years ago. It comes back around every so often. So that's a bunch of nonsense. Don't listen to any of that. You just got to listen to Dr. Bill because he'll set you straight. Now, Johnson & Johnson, as we said last week, has got their vaccine rolling out. And again, that's a live um, adenovirus that's been weakened. It's not infectious. So it gets taken up by the dendritic cells and they <clears throat> make the uh, make the antibodies or start the process of making the antibodies to the spike protein, which has been genetically spliced into the RNA of the adenovirus. So the adenovirus now has little spikes on it. And uh, this is a completely harmless virus. And so I don't want anybody to worry about it. It's just not a big deal. So all of these viruses, I mean, all these uh, vaccines are coming out and they're going to certainly alter uh, our lifestyle and hopefully get us back to normal by the summer. And I see where most of the states are now opening up and case levels are falling. So I think we should be in pretty good shape here. I don't know. We'll find out. And uh, then also we've got news from the hospital uh, my Canadian patient that I was telling you guys about uh, in the past couple of weeks, he's now been there over two, two and a half weeks. He's on the vent, 
um, he, it doesn't look good for the guy. Uh, he, I don't think he's going to make it. His oxygen levels keep dropping. His heart rate and his blood pressure are erratic. And I'm sad to say that I, I think that he's going to succumb to this. And again, I would like to emphasize that it's extremely important to get in early. If you think you're sick, even if you're a young person, come on in. If you have the virus and you're not sick enough to be in the hospital, we can give you the monoclonal antibody. That's an infusion. That's uh, just a highly purified plasma uh, that has only the antibody to the coronavirus, the COVID virus in it. So it, it's really miraculous. And as we've said before, uh, we've given it to people at the radio station and they've done extremely well. So uh, please keep that in mind. I don't want you to think that you're out there all alone. You're not. We have uh, lots of armamentarium and, and you have to take this thing seriously because even though it's a very small risk of, of succumbing to this or ending up in the hospital and being sick and convalescing for months on oxygen, so on and so forth, it still is a real if small risk and we have all this available. We've got the vaccinations, we've got the uh, monoclonal antibody, and if you're admitted to the hospital, we've got remdesivir and other medications we can use. So we're, uh, we're certainly making progress and I don't want anybody to, to sniff at this and, and think that they don't need it. Uh, if you are symptomatic, please, please come in. You can call me and we can have a telemedicine visit uh, at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And, and certainly that would be uh, a great help to people. And I think that we can uh, get you started at least on medication, if, if nothing else. And uh, that, that's going to perhaps save your life. So uh, I want you to think about what you're doing and make sure that you Get all the help that you can because we're here for you. And uh, that's what I'm going to tell you, folks, that I'm concerned about you. By the way, Ken, I, I saw where uh, the astronomers have found 100 stars in the night sky have disappeared, which is very upsetting when a star disappears because, you know, you think of a star as being something eternal. And uh, I'm going to have to... Uh, do something about that. But what I saw was that the, the uh, Large Synoptic Survey Telescope is going to be coming online. What these uh, astronomers did is they looked at the night sky now and at pictures from 70 to 80 years ago, and they started using their computer to weed out uh, dots of light that had disappeared over the past 70 years. Uh, from actual stars, and then they weeded further down, and they got like 150,000 points of light that were not considered legitimate stars, and then they got some more, and they, they got it down to about 100 stars. Now, they're supposing that there may be something uh, that's going on in physics that they don't know about, that perhaps stars don't just explode, that sometimes they just collapse and disappear altogether like a red dwarf while other people think, well, maybe there's an advanced civilization out there that is blocking out some of these stars by putting up big solar panels out in space. And uh, someone else said, well, if they were doing that, you think we'd see an infrared signal? And uh, how, how 
advanced these panels would have to be not to burn up. So we've got a real conundrum here. But uh, when 100 stars disappear, that certainly gets me going. I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not happy about that at all. Uh, I think that we, we need to have the government investigate this. And Democrats can go after that. That'll keep them busy for a while. But again, the Large Synoptic Survey Telescope is going to come online in 2022. That's down in Chile, up in the Andes. And uh, that's supposed to be a super-duper research telescope to look at the night sky and see what the heck's going on out there. Now, as you know, Ken, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and we're going to uh, have a little discussion about Buccaneers, since Tampa Bay are the Buccaneers, the Pirates. And uh, I want to I give everybody a little heads up on that, because I did a little research last night, and I really found it fascinating. Now, the, the Pirates were uh, 17th an 18th century phenomena, and they only lasted for about 100 years, the Buccaneers. The pirates are still around, of course, but uh, the, the, uh, the Buccaneers were named for uh, a type of, of uh, jerky-making, beef-curing, pork-curing, that they actually got from the, uh, from the Caribbean tribes. The, it's a carry board, uh, a boucan, and then that was carried over into the French and, and then into the English and into every language, and it was stretched out until it became buccaneers in English. Uh, Bucanere or something like that in French. And these were kind of privateers. And you say, well, what the heck's a privateer? or sailors peculiar uh, to the Caribbean Sea during the 17th and 18th centuries. And they were first established on the northern uh, coast of Hispaniola. And Hispaniola is, uh, as you know, the island that is home to Haiti and the Dominican Republic. And so this is the island, I believe, one of the islands that uh, Christopher Columbus first uh, came to. And when he got there, uh, of course, there were the, the Caribbean Indian tribes that were there, and uh, these tribes succumbed to a lot of the European diseases or were enslaved or, and uh, shipped off to the mainland. And uh, the island had some French folks interloping, and they started uh, preying on some of, the, uh, some of the Spanish galleons that were going through at the behest of the French government. And the English government also took up on this because they thought, well, this is an easy way to uh, to wage war against the Spanish. And at that time, the English and the Spanish were the, were the big rivals in Europe, and the French were in there too. This was back in the age of Louis XIV, the French Sun King. By the way, Louisville and St. Louis are both named after Louis XIV, the Sun King, because the French had made incursions into North America. And as we know, Quebec is French-speaking, and so that was part of France before uh, Great Britain defeated France in the Seven Years' War in 1760, the peace treaty was made. And that started our revolutionary period because we disagreed with some things that happened after the what we call the French and Indian War was over. So at any rate, the English and the French thought, well, this isn't a bad idea. We'll let these guys do some of our dirty work for us. And what they would do is they would go out 
and they would uh, seize a ship that was laden with goods or gold or, or dishes or whatever was coming back or going to the New World, coming back from the New World and going to the New World. And then they would have to take this before a court of admiralty, and the admiralty would decide whether or not it was a legitimate uh, 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 raid on that they had the legal right to do that. And they got that right from letters of uh, Marquis, and this was from governments. Of course, there was a lot of uh, dishonest and uh, forged Marquis out there that uh, were uh, used by the pirates and the buccaneers to do a little bit of... uh, of uh, the rating on their own, so to speak. So they would go before an admiralty court, and the admiralty court would uh, decide whether or not it was a legitimate uh, or an illegitimate uh, taking of goods because there was uh, an understanding uh, that the open seas were basically uh, lawless, and so different countries had decided, well, if we issue letters of marquee from our governments, uh, then perhaps uh, we can discuss with other governments the legitimacy of that and we can regulate these buccaneers and pirates to a certain degree. So that's what happened. So then they would condemn the goods and the condemnation of the goods would mean that it was no longer uh, uh, the owners, uh, the possession of the people who were on the ship that it was that was raided, that the ownership now passed in a sense to a trust and that trust was the government and the government would take its share and then give the buccaneers their share. And so this became a big deal. And so the Spaniards, they kind of got upset with the French buccaneers, and they kicked them off of Hispaniola, and they went to a little island off of Hispaniola called Tortuga, and they set up shop there. And while they were there, they were also hunting wild game and boar, and then they would uh, smoke it and make beef jerky out of it. And the little smokehouses they built were the were the models that they took from the, the Caribbean Indians, the Caribbean Indians. And they took the, the name Bucan, which was what the Caribbean Indians called it, and they uh, bastardized it over the years, and it finally became Buccaneers. So that's how they got their name. It was related to smoked uh, beef jerky or pork jerky. And that's what they would use when they were sailing because it kept, it was dried out, and so it didn't take up as much space. It was a high-protein source, and, uh, you know, that's that's how you survived on a long journey at sea. Yeah, you ate high-protein, and once the uh, English figured out that to prevent scurvy, you had to have some fresh fruit, and they sent limes along with it. So then that's how these guys got through uh, these long, arduous tracks. Now, some of these pirates were then flushed out and moved on to other areas, uh, Port Royal, uh, to the uh, Bahamas, uh, to to um, some of the other islands in the Caribbean, and uh, they were at St. Kitts for a while, and Jamaica, and uh, they set up shop, and they were even given privileges in Jamaica by the English governor who for a while thought it was a good thing to give them these uh, letters of marquee and reprisal so that they could go out and raid the Spanish galleons and help out the English cause. So that was how we got the name Buccaneers. And at the end of the 18th century, 
people were starting to say, well, these Buccaneers, we don't need them anymore. They had started to fade out um, in, the, in the late 1750s. And so then there was a decision by all the governments to no longer do this. And this was formalized in the 1850s by an international treaty, which the United States, by the way, never signed, although they abided by the uh, agreement. And you say, well, I didn't know we had letters of marquee. I didn't know we had buccaneers that worked for the United States. Well, the last time a letter of marquee was given and buccaneers were working uh, for our government was around 1815 at the end of the second Marbury Pirate War. Now, the Marbury Pirates were the pirates off of North Africa who had been raiding our ships since before we were an independent nation. And during the Revolutionary War, uh, Jefferson and Adams actually went to the, uh, the uh, Turkish uh, diplomat that was in London and said, what can we do to stop these, these pirates in North Africa from raiding us? We understand you have some control. And he said, well, you got to pay them. And uh, he said, how much? And he said, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, a million pounds or whatever it was. And so Adams and Jefferson, they didn't like that at all. They said, we'll build our own Navy for a million pounds. And uh, that's what Adams and Jefferson did. Actually, Adams built the, the Navy up uh, in expectation of war with France in the late uh, 1790s, the Quasar War, because France and England were at it. And, of course, we were uh, starting to cozy back up to Mother and trying to get in her good graces uh, and make some trade deals. And the French were raiding our ships because they thought that we were trading with the English. And they said, we don't want you trading with anybody but us. So we were at war with them in the Quasar War in the Caribbean, and Adams built up our Navy. Well, Jefferson, being uh, you know a Democrat and a pacifist and an internationalist, which, by the way, changed once he was in office, he decommissioned a bunch of the ships and then recommissioned them because our commercial uh, shipping was being attacked in the Carib in the uh, Mediterranean off of North Africa by the uh, Mediterranean pirates who were the Barbary pirates, what's now uh, Morocco and, and Libya and uh, the countries along the North African coast uh, to the west of Egypt, <clears throat> Tunisia. And so Tripoli, uh, that's where our fight song from, for the Marines, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Tripoli was one of the shores where we landed troops and went inland and fought battles against the uh, Barbary pirates. So letters of marquee were issued uh, to non-military vessels that they could raid the Barbary ships and bring that back and go before uh, a court of admiralty and decide whether or not it was a legitimate take. And they did. And so we harassed the Barbary pirates, Muslims, of course, and uh, we eventually won that war. And we have been at peace with uh, Tunisia and uh, Algeria ever since. We've never had a problem since then. So uh, that's one of those wars that's little known and little remembered. But that was probably our first foreign war after our revolution. And that's called the Barbary War. So Barbary pirates, and there was the first and the second. And the second was in the uh, 1810 to 1815 era. 
and that's when the last letter of Marquis was issued. Now you say, where does the legitimacy for the letters of Marquis come from? It comes from our Constitution. It's in our Constitution. Congress shall have the power to uh, levy taxes and to issue letters of Marquis in reprisal. So you say, has this ever come back into play? Well, after 9-11, Ron Paul uh, asked the House of Representatives to take up the topic of issuing letters of marquee uh, so that we could attack uh, the uh, Al-Qaeda and their shipping because obviously they had to get goods, they have to get weapons and, and, and move their people around and we know that there are ships that are working for other nations that are doing some of the shipping and so Ron Paul said, look, we need to issue letters of marquee, and these guys can do the dirty work for us, and we won't have to openly be attacking uh, foreign powers. That uh, We can let our own buccaneers, our present-day buccaneers, go in and raid these ships that are carrying goods uh, to al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups that are attacking us. Well, you know, the Democrats didn't like that, and the, the uh, rhinos didn't like that. Uh, that was too much like the old days, but... It's still in the Constitution, and we still have the power to use that if Congress so you so decides and the president agrees to it. So there you go, man. You've got a really neat uh, uh, little history lesson on what works and what doesn't and how all this came about. And why are we talking about this today? Because our Buccaneers, our Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl, and they are privateers that we have commissioned to go out and kick butt today and take that Kansas City team downtown, baby. Take them all the way. We're, we're going to win this game. I've got a good feeling about this. It's going to be on our defensive line, of course, because we've got to harass Mahomes and uh, keep him out of, out of uh, off-tempo and out of his, uh, his, uh, his rhythm, so to speak, and I think we can do it. Uh, they've got some great receivers, and our defensive backs are pretty good, but we'll have to see if they can hold up or not. Um, I'm concerned that that's going to be our weak spot, but uh, I'm sure that we're going to have a, a steady hand with Tom Brady. And, oh, by the way, uh, Treasure Island is renaming its town temporarily to Tom Pa Tom Pa Bay instead of Tampa Bay in honor of Tom Brady. <laughs> and, of course, they'll undo that later, but that's temporarily the new name of uh, Treasure Island, Florida. And Treasure Island, Florida is just a really delightful place to go eat dinner, uh, go to the beach, uh, uh, take a vacation if you're from out of the area, and we love it. It's just fantastic. So we got Tom Brady up against the boy Mahones, and the Wonder Boy, I'm, I'm sure that Mahomes, if he stays healthy, he's going to be the greatest uh, of all times for his class of, of quarterbacks. But, you know, you can't sniff at Tom Brady, guys. You can't sniff at him. He has really been doing a good job. So I'm going to uh, go grab a cup of Joe, and you guys hang with me. And, Ken, I'll be right back, buddy. I think it's about time for a break. All right, we'll see you back after the potty break. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington.
The Wyoming Republican Party has voted overwhelmingly to censure Congresswoman Liz Cheney for voting to impeach President Trump. Only eight of the 74 member state GOP Central Committee stood to oppose censure in a vote that did not proceed to a formal count. The censure document accuses Cheney of voting to impeach, even though the House didn't offer Trump formal hearings or due process. Iran's Supreme Leader says the U.S. has to lift all sanctions if it wants Iran to continue its commitments to the nuclear deal with world powers. The comments televised today on state TV mark Ayatollah Ali Khamenei's first since the inauguration of President Joe Biden, who says he wants to rejoin the accord. And Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has earned his third AP Most Valuable Player Award today. Rams defensive tackle Aaron Rodgers, top defensive player. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. 2021 is already off to a disturbing start for conservatives. We've seen Twitter unilaterally shut down President Trump's account. The conservative platform Parler was booted off the Apple Store by Apple, and big tech is muzzling free speech at a speed that nobody could have predicted. Nobody except biologist and evolutionary theorist Brett Weinstein, who appeared in the film No Safe Spaces, to issue this warning about political correctness running amok. YouTube and Google, Facebook and Twitter dictate whose voices can be heard. And if those entities start trying to engineer the conversation to adhere to the rules laid out with these phony Trojan horse terms, disaster will be the result. You and your family need to see No Safe Spaces now before any more of our freedoms are muzzled. Just go to SalemNow.com to get your copy of No Safe Spaces. Download your copy of No Safe Spaces today at SalemNow.com and enter promo code TAMPA. 
Take AM860 The Answer with you wherever you go with our mobile app, TheAnswerTampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at Radio.com. Basic arithmetic now shows that the Democrats can't kill the filibuster, and that is going to hamper their progressive desires. If they can't get rid of that filibuster, they're stuck. The Captain's America Third Watch with Captain Matt Bruce, overnight from 2 to 6 on AM 860. The answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Today, occasional rain and a thunderstorm in the morning. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies with a high 72. Mainly cloudy tonight with a low 58. Tomorrow, rather cloudy with a passing shower in the afternoon and a high 76. And Tuesday, times of sun and clouds with a high 77. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. Back on, Ken. Yes, she does. Oh, yes, we're back. This is Dr. Bill. We're having a little bit of trouble. I'm, I'm breaking in some new uh, software here, so you'll have to bear with us. But uh, I'm trying to get it so we can hear Ken. And <laughs> today I made it so I, not even I can hear Ken. Oh, well, we'll fix that. We'll have it better next week. But I've got the, uh, the Facebook feed going, and we've got audio there. And YouTube, we've got audio, so we're in pretty good shape from that end, Ken. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that all of this is starting to come together. And it's taken me a little while because I'm doing it all on my own. Uh, Ken says I sound good. I feel good, too. And I'm, I'm pretty, too. I'm looking good. I got, oh, Ken, you should see me. I got on my tri-cornered hat, and I've got on my Tampa Bay Buck shirt. And uh, I've got the Buccaneers logo behind me on the green screen. Looking tough, baby. I mean, we're looking bad today with some bad hombres. By the way, I rented a van. It seats 15. And so 14 of the uh, hospital staff and I are going to carpool it on out to the, to the uh, Raymond James Stadium. We're leaving at 1 today. And we're going to go early so that we can be there for the concert and the free food. Uh, Miley Cyrus is putting it on for us. And we're so grateful to Miley and to the NFL for uh, giving us these free tickets and this great opportunity. It was a little bit of a hassle, though, because uh, we had rented the van, and uh, you have to have a special permit for the van. You had to get a permit for a car, but the car was only up to seven passengers. So once you got up to 14 or 15, they said, well, you got to trade in two of your auto passes, your car passes, and uh, get a van and get a, a large oversized vehicle pass. But it turns out to be a pretty good thing. Guess what? We're going to be closer to the stadium. They had us out in the west parking lot, which I understand is quite a hike to get to Raymond James Stadium. And now we're going to be in the blue lot. Oh, boy. So we're going to be right up close, which is good for Dr. Bill. He's happy about that. And now somebody said, is it a party bus? And Ken, I told him, I said, well, with a cooler and beer and ice in it, yeah, it's a party bus. 
I guess they were thinking uh, one of the one of the buses, one of the mini buses that had uh, a middle aisle, you know, that you could walk down. But I think that those were all already taken up by the time I decided or uh, got around to um, getting a, 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 a rental vehicle. And I went down to uh, Enterprise and and they pulled up with this nice, brand new, beautiful 12 seat vehicle. I said, wait a minute, I ordered 15 seater. And then they had to go back and rearrange, and they brought up an old uh, two-year-old Chevy. Well, what are you going to do? It still gets us there. It runs well, and it's got a radio that works and air conditioning. So I'm a happy guy. What can I say? We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going free, and we're going to party all day and all night. It's going to be a long one, too, baby. I'm texting the gang and saying, sunscreen, wet wipes, uh, Tylenol, Advil, bring whatever you need, change of underwear, arg, and they're all laughing and uh, texting me back, but it's going to be a good thing. I'm really happy that we that we have that opportunity. Uh, I got Sean, our, our CFO, to drive me down from the hospital to pick up the rental van yesterday, so I'm grateful to him, too. We've got a good team at St. Pete General. Uh, I'm really happy that I'm there for the, for the tail end of my career. Arg. Now, listen, I am extremely upset. As you know, uh, the uh, the censorship has begun. I uh, see where they pulled Lou Dobbs off the air at Fox News, and he was probably the most popular uh, host uh, on the uh, Fox uh, Money Financial Network channel. So uh, that's really too bad. And, of course, he was very pro-Trump. Uh, and I also like the fact that he brought in people who were fairly knowledgeable about international affairs, uh, even if they did have a bias, at least you got some news about what was going on in the world, which we're not going to get now. And uh, Newsmax, which is a conservative outlet as well, uh, which also uh, is a conservative, I'm just reading a text from somebody at the station. So at any rate, we, uh, we we now are having a harder time to get to Newsmax when you go onto the internet because what the uh, what the liberal outlets are doing and and the uh, the liberal streaming companies and Google and and all that what they're doing is they're flooding the uh, the airways or not the airways the the internet with articles about Newsmax written by the ultra liberal press. And so you, you're having a harder and harder time to find uh, their their channel online, so to speak, and read their their news. Uh, I think that we're in a in a bad situation here, and I'm, I'm I'm sorry to see that our republic is is in a sense uh, under threat, literally, uh, that uh, the Democrats want to get rid of the republic, and they want a central government. They want a, a parliamentary-type government, and um, they they want a socio-fascist state like so much of the world has where the ruling elite make the decisions and the rest of us are free to uh, live within those r- rules and guidelines but not really have much input into it. That's too bad. That's a shame. I am... Um, Sorry, uh, really, I mean, I cried over this. It's, it's the end of the democracy that, that I grew up with and that I know if, if all this comes to fruition. 
Uh, the Republicans say that they're going to put up a fight, and maybe we can get back the House at the midterm. But I think it's going to be tough. You know, the Republicans are saying, well, once they raise taxes, people will start uh, voting against their uh, Democratic representatives and senators. And uh, at the midterm, what I think is going to happen here, Ken, is that the uh, Democrats are not going to institute any big tax changes uh, before the uh, the midterm elections, they might go after some of the uh, some of the whales and some of the uh, multi-millionaires, people that are making five hundred to five million dollars a year or whatever. But uh, they're going to wait till after the midterm to start going after the littler people. And if anybody thinks that they're not going to raise taxes on us all, you better think again. If you don't think Obamacare was a tax hike. You weren't paying attention. Even the Supreme Court said Obamacare, the uh, the uh, mandate that if you don't have insurance, you have to pay pay a, a penalty or an extra fee. That's a tax. That's a form of tax. And uh, when you have that, what can you do? What can you do? So our Congress uh, is is drifting way to the left. And I don't think that there's any doubt about it that that we're going to see a try by the Democrats to pack the Supreme Court, uh, which will uh, effectively end any balance of power there. And also to uh, uh, rule by fiat, as the president is doing, and uh, he's just issuing one executive order after another. I doubt he has written any of them himself. These are all written by his uh his people around him, but uh, what can you do? Oh, somebody asked me, where's my eye patch? It's kind of uncomfortable <laughs> to wear that thing for a whole hour, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and wear it some at the ball game today along with my uh, remaining outfit. I've got an earring, and uh, I've got my tailor-made buccaneer jacket and my uh, buccaneer pants with the lace-up, and I took a pair of old work boots and cleaned them up and uh, dyed them black so they look really cool the outfit's pretty awesome everybody at the hospital was grabbing a picture of me yesterday when i walked around in the outfit and what i'll do is i'll get some pictures and send them to the guys send you guys at the station and post it on on uh, facebook and youtube as well finally we've got facebook up and running and somebody at the station said it's looking good i guess that was that wasn't you ken was it that was somebody else i'm sure because Ken doesn't know anything about, uh, no, Ken doesn't know anything about computers. <laughs> His wife has to turn them on for him. Somebody at Salem, but I can't see who it is. But Ken says, I'm radio, all radio this morning. All right, dude, you are, you're all over <laughs> Ken, I don't know what to think about this uh, this whole Republican push to uh, undo our, our our whole way of life. I mean, uh, and then and then on top of that, uh, Biden has mandated that we go from fifteen thousand to one hundred twenty five thousand uh, illegal aliens or uh, aliens wanting to come in, whether they're illegal or not. I guess they'll be legal if 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 he increases the the amount of people that can come in through the through the southern border from Mexico. And uh, so if you do 125,000 for 10 years and you can somehow get those people to vote, you know, you're going to have 
a million more Democratic votes, and Texas is going to end up being uh, a red state instead of a blue state, and that'll pretty much be the end of uh, of uh, our two-party system. Uh, they'll have enough electoral votes to make sure that the president is always a Democrat until something else happens, like uh, uh, a change in philosophy in the country or uh, a revolution of some kind, uh, civil war, who knows. And it probably won't be long before they'll start to try to take people off of uh, Salem and, and block us, too. I don't know how they're going to block the radios. That'll be a little tougher to do. Uh, and we may end up having to have a Radio Free America right, right here in America so we can get some uh, some objective news flowing in. And I see where, where Sleepy Joe Biden also has taken out the, uh, the head of Radio Free America in Asia and replaced that person with one of his people so that uh, I guess he does a little kissy-kissy with the Chinese and tries to keep that relationship uh, open so that his family can make more money and, and Nancy Pelosi's family can make more money. And, and hey, by the way, Gavin Newsom, you probably didn't know this, he is uh, related to Nancy Pelosi by marriage. And so this is an incestuous, incestuous situation. Oh, my God. I don't know what we're going to do to undo this, uh, but we got to do something. They have to be brought down. And uh, I just hope that we can figure out some legitimate way uh, of undoing the damage that's already being done by these uh, crazy left-wing people. If you think letting 125,000 illegal al or aliens into the country and making them legal is going to benefit our, our country, our economy, our way of life, you're not thinking. You are not thinking. And they're going to take jobs and they're going to push the wage base down uh, and they're going to make it tougher uh, for entry-level people to find work and to uh, uh, make a good wage. And you can say, well, we'll mandate a federal minimum wage. You know what? That's a bunch of baloney. I mean, I know because I built a house and I've done reconstruction at my office. And, you know, all I could find were Mexicans who, want, who were ready and willing to work. And I needed things done. And, you know, they, they did a cash deal. They, you know, they did. I mean, I paid them well. I paid them $15 an hour. And this was several years ago. But uh, there's nothing to say that I had to pay them that. I could have paid them 10 And if the minimum wage was 15 who's going to know? Who's going to know? You know, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, I don't know how you can enforce any of this. And I, I, I think that all you're going to do is create a, uh, an underground economy, a black market economy. And we see this in all the countries that have had this kind of overbearing central repression. You know, if you look at, at what happened in Russia uh, when it was part of the Soviet Union and in Eastern Europe, and I know this because I have friends who grew up there and then got out and came over here both from Russia and from Georgia and from uh, Bulgaria and Romania. I know people from all parts of, of the former Soviet Union, and uh, uh, they'll t I'll tell you the same thing. It was a black market economy. You know, you'd practice medicine during the day and make your measly little wages, and then at night when you went home, you'd barter. 
So you'd take care of people, and they'd bring you something, and you'd give them something. And since there were no banks in the Soviet Union, you know what they did, Ken? The postmaster, the postman, was your banker. And so you gave him uh, a little uh, a little kickback, and he'd make sure that you got your monthly check. And that's how the older people got their Social Security check. And... Uh, it's really, uh, it's really a bad system, you know, where, where you have uh, the postman, the, the mail carrier, making more money than anybody else because he's making sure you get your check. So it's a, you know, it's a strong arm. It's a kickback. It's a muscle thing. If you pay me, uh, you know, 10 rubles, I'll make sure you get your check every month. And if you don't pay me, well, I can't guarantee that you're going to get your Social Security check. What kind of bushwhack is this, dude? What kind of nonsense is this? Is this what we want in our country? I mean, that's what it's headed towards. That's what it's headed towards. Yeah, it's it's Ken's texting me, and he says it sounds like the mob. It is the mob. You know, the the uh, the, the socio fascists are are mobsters. The communists in China are mobsters. If you're in the Communist Party, you're a made man or a made woman. And I have one friend who came to the United States, and I said, why'd you come here? He said, I couldn't get in the Communist Party. <laughs> I said, why not? He said, I wasn't serious enough. So I came here and figured I'd go into medicine. I'd make good money that way. His brother got into the Communist Party, and he's an extremely wealthy guy now. And, you know, the Communist Party owns half of all the businesses in China. They own all the land so that you can rent the land and build a house or build an apartment building or a condominium unit or a hotel, but you don't own the dirt underneath your feet, that's owned by the people. That is the Communist Party. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad situation, I'm telling you, and we're in deep trouble here. We are in deep doo-doo. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So we're doing our best to endeavor to persevere, so to speak. And I think that uh, we will come through this, but it's going to be, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a real uh, test of nerves. And it's going to take uh, a lot of us to stand up and to keep um, pushing and to keep our our channels of communication open, radio, internet, uh, all kinds of uh, sources that we're going to have to pursue. The written press, even, you know, we need some conservative newspapers as well as as uh, conservative radio and television shows and hosts. And we got to keep the pressure on them because they're not going to change without some substantial push and uh, some awareness on the part of the, of the people of the United States. And, you know, you, you better be careful about what you wish for, because you just may get it, Ken. You just may get it. And like Ken says, we got to keep the pressure on. So we'll put our thumbs on these guys, and we will continue to speak out against them. Uh, it's an inherent evil. It, it's the antithesis of why we broke away from England. It's the antithesis of what we are and how we were founded. And a lot of this is because people don't know our history because it's not being taught to them anymore. They don't know what's going on. They don't know 
uh, how we got here. They don't know what made us great. And they they think that because you want to limit the number of people coming in on the southern border that you're anti-Hispanic or anti-Mexican or you're a racist. And that's not it at all. I remember sitting at the lunch table with one of the women doctors who's an ultra-liberal, and we were talking about the illegal Mexicans coming in, and she said, oh, you guys hate them, don't you? You really, you know, they're, they're a lower race. And we're like, what are you talking about? We, we you know, I've got friends that are Mexicans, for God's sakes. I have people that work for me that were Mexicans. I'm from, from Honduras, from, from Guatemala, from all over the Central America and South of Northern South America. I knew doctors from Chile and Peru. Uh, this is ridiculous. I said, we're not racist. We're people who want a rule of law. We want a rule of law. And without a rule of law, you have anarchy. And when you have anarchy, you have the opportunity for people to come in and uh, do things to you and to your country and to me that uh, are not only illegitimate, but they're, uh, they're uh, repressive and they take away our freedoms. And, you know, those are things worth fighting for, at least in my opinion. I don't know about you, Ken, but I think that fighting for, uh, for our freedoms and our rights is integral to, to the kind of nation that we have had and want to continue to have. And, uh, you know, you have to have borders. It's like Robert Frost said, good fences make good neighbors. You don't just let your next-door neighbor walk in your house uh, anytime he or she wants, I mean, you may have a certain intimate uh, or close, friendly relationship with a neighbor, and, and certain neighbors, it's okay, but what about the neighbor two doors down that you're not real close with? You're going to let him just walk in or her walk in and do whatever they want in your house? I don't think so. I don't think that's the right thing to do. And I'm hopeful that Americans will wake up before it's too late, and let's get this whole thing back on track get us back to where we were headed. And you may say, well, I hate Trump. Well, you know, come on. This isn't about Trump. This is about me. It's about you. You know, Trump was just a mouthpiece. And you say, well, he was an awful mouthpiece. And uh, one of my conservative friends said, well, Trump brought it on himself. How could Trump bring it on himself when the things that he said were never aired and that what what the press did, the liberal press, is take all the things that they wanted to and edit it down to make it sound as if he were a racist and a warmonger and all that. And, you know, for gosh sakes, if you read the speech that he, that he, that he gave uh, uh, the day before the inauguration, uh, which led to the, the riots uh, at the Capitol building, and I read it. I mean, he didn't tell anybody to go out and do anything violently. He said, let's just walk down and, and try and give strength to the, uh, to the Republican members of the Senate who uh, are wavering. And uh, he said it was hopeless to give any or to have any hope that the Democrats would turn. But at least he could show we could show support for our Republican elected officials and hopefully that they would stand up and do the right thing. That's not inciting a riot. And there's no legality or legitimacy to, to, the, uh, to the impeachment trial now. He said, be peaceful. And, uh, you know, the, the Democrats were the ones who were stirring things up as well. 
or, or actually more so. You know? <laughs> and uh, I think that we have to realize that as a citizen, the president has the right to say whatever he wants. Andrew Jackson got into it with Congress. They tried to impeach him because of some of the things that he said. And he said, I'm a private citizen and you don't have that right. And, uh, you know, look, we had Teddy Roosevelt who said the presidency was a bloody pulpit, that you could preach from there. And uh, I think that's exactly what Trump was doing. He was in the mold of Andrew Jackson and Teddy Roosevelt. And you can say, well, I didn't like either one of those guys. Hey, if it wasn't for Teddy Roosevelt, uh, the women's vote would have been delayed another 10 or 20 years. If it wasn't for Andrew Jackson, there'd be no Democratic Party. So if you say you don't like these presidents that in the past and say, well, things were different then. No, they're not. They're the same as they always were. We're just higher tech. That's all. Uh, the news gets out there faster. Uh, the uh, the uh, technology is much more sophisticated. Uh, the weaponry is more sophisticated. But so is the medicine. So is the preventative medicine. So are the vaccines. I mean, everything has changed. And for us to stick our head in the sand and, and ignore that and, and, and say, well, we're just a different people now. The heck we are. We're fighting the same fights they fought 100, 200 years ago. Exact same fights. Who's got the right to vote? How much taxation is fair? Who should pay the taxes? On and on. So we've got a lot of uh, a lot of things to think about here. But today is Super Bowl day, and we're going to stop and have some fun. And I got to say thank you to all the healthcare workers out there who have put their lives on the front line. And remember, you know, medicine it, it could be uh, lucrative. For, for doctors, I mean, we make more money than most, and nurses make more money than most blue-collar workers, uh, and so it's a little higher-paying job. I mean, doctors, 99.99% of us, we're not ultra-wealthy, we're not multimillionaires, but we live comfortably, and we have good lifestyles, and we're grateful for that, and so I don't mind putting myself out, and, and I've, I've actually taken it as an honor to have been able to be involved in, the, in this epidemic and to have taken care of people who were uh, stricken with this COVID virus and to see how this all unfolded. And, and you know, Ken, I also uh, forced myself to study and become, I think, one of the more knowledgeable people uh, so that uh, we, can, uh, we can have information, accurate information about the virus, the treatment, and the vaccinations. And, and this is a good thing. And I'm thankful for all of the healthcare workers who put themselves out there. It is a wonderful time in our medical history. It's a tough time and it's a sad time for some people, but it's a very interesting and a, and a, and a great learning time. And it's for some new, new uh, technology and immunology and medications and pharmacology that are going to benefit us in innumerable ways in the future. Well, it's getting close to the end of the show, and I want you guys to watch for me on TV. I'm sure I'll be on national TV. And by the way, you can join me at my practice, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We also have telemedicine, which Ken did, and that's pretty easy. Same deal, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And we also have the toenail study, 
So we are doing good with that. Uh, I did change it from 30 to 20 uh, people because of the virus and because everybody's coming back with absolutely no levels of the anti-inflammatory in their bloodstream, which is what I want. And this stuff works, and I'm very happy about it. So please join me, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And I'm Dr. Bill and Ken. I want you to have a great weekend, rest of the day, and cheer for the Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Kick some Kansas City ass. All right. I'm out of here. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD.